Welcome to Big Dave's Racing Podcast, sponsored by, well, we don't have a sponsor yet, but we'll have one soon. Till then, buckle up and get ready for the ride. Welcome back, race fans. I got a lot of news this week. We got the Gateway Dirt Nationals that's happening right now out in St. Louis, Missouri. We got quite a few big news stories on the NASCAR side of things. Also got a little sad news this week in the world of racing. So let's dig into it. In this week's NHRA news, we got Bo Butner, the 2017 NHRA Pro Stock Champion, has inked a deal with Strut Masters for the 2020 season of NHRA's Mellow Yellow Drag Racing Series. He'll be driving a Keith, Keith Black-owned Pro Stock entry in the series next year. Um, Bo is kind of a outsider. He owns a, a used car dealership uh, not too far south from my house here uh, in a town real close by, probably about 20 minutes away. Uh, I had no clue he was a drag racer until he kind of come on to the big scene of uh, NHRA a few years ago and actually got him a Pro Stock Championship. Uh, he won several races again last year, so uh, we'll see if uh, the Strutmasters deal will help him uh, get uh, his second championship in a Pro Stock class. Now i got to pass along a little bit of sad news in the world of racing uh, that happened this week. Uh, Bill Simpson passed away on December 16th, aged 79 years. Um, Bill was probably the biggest safety innovator in motorsports ever. Uh, he came out with the fire retardant uh, Nomex fire suits. Um, from, from what I understand, Bill was introduced to Nomex from a astronaut, I think. And he got his hands on some of this Nomex and he started um, building race suits. And he <laughs> really got into the safety side of things. Uh, he made helmets, race suits, harnesses. Uh, you name it, and safety products. He was the leader and innovator, and not just in NASCAR, but IndyCar, um, Formula One, NHRA, all the dirt racing. You think about it, he he had a huge impact on the sport. Um, he sold his business, Simpson Racing, uh, several years ago, and then he actually started Impact Racing Products. Um, and he was with that brand for several years, but probably the biggest or the best known story I know of Bill, um, is back in the day, I, I don't know if it's the eighties, seventies or when it happened in Indianapolis, but he was on pit road in Indianapolis motor speedway and he's wearing one of his fire suits and helmets and to show the drivers that his product was far superior to what they were used to, he had uh, had someone pour, I uh, don't know if it's gasoline or some flammable liquid, all over his fire suit while he was wearing it. And of all people, 
uh, Chip Ganassi lit the match and lit him on fire. And he sat there on pit road, completely engulfed in flames, and, and he come out unharmed. So after he made that... Uh, after he made that public, uh, that little sideshow he did, um, that really turned everybody's attention to Simpson Racing products. So, um, sad to hear him pass away, and I'm sure he'll be missed in motorsports, and wish his family the best. In IndyCar news, we got Team Penske announced that Scott McLaughlin the recently crowned back-to-back -back Virgin Australia Supercars champion for the DJR Team Penske team will participate in an IndyCar rookie evaluation test on January 13th at Sebring International Raceway. So, yeah, this guy, he is torn it up in the Australian Supercars down there the last few years, driving for Roger Penske down there. Um won a bunch of races now a couple titles and now he's getting a shot in any car test uh which is interesting and to take him to sebring uh at that is very interesting because that is probably one of the toughest road courses in the country if not the world uh, so that'll be interesting to see how he turns out in his rookie uh evaluation and i kind of wonder if that's going to lead up to uh, some future IndyCar starts, uh, maybe this year or whatnot. I, I'm not too sure, but uh, be interesting to see how he did that test later on uh, in January. Also got an announcement coming out of Dale Coin Racing. Um, they signed Spain's Alex Palou, a Super Formula Race winner and Rookie of the Year. He'll be coming in America uh, to compete full-time in the 2020 NTT IndyCar Series, driving for Delcoin Racing with Team Go. So I really don't know much about this this kid. Apparently he's good, or they wouldn't be signing him, or he's bringing money to the to the seat. Um, so yeah, we'll see what happens there. Uh, and with the signing of Alex to Delcoin, uh, that leaves me to wonder where uh, we got Sebastian Bourdais who's been with Dale Coin for a long time, been very successful. He's a multi-time IndyCar champion uh, back when it was cart. And we got James Hinchcliffe, which uh, the Schmidt-Peterson Motorsports, they were um, joined uh, or sold to McLaren, and it's now Aaron, Arrow McLaren Schmidt. Peterson Motorsports or something like that. It's a real long name. Uh, they signed two new young drivers to take those two seats. Um, so you got Hinchcliffe that's out of a ride. Now he's a big Honda guy. Uh, he's always been a Honda driver. Uh, Bourdais, I think he's still a Honda guy. I don't know if he's got the ties like um, James has got, but We'll see what happens. I'm curious as to where they end up because they're too uh, too <laughs> too talented of drivers to not have a ride uh, for next year in the IndyCar series. If I had to guess, I'm thinking that Hinchcliffe might end up at Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan Racing. 
they're huge with Honda. I know they got Takuma Sato coming back, and they got Graham. And I maybe they'll expand to a three-car team and put uh, Hinchcliffe in a car. Uh, I think that'd be a really good fit for that team. Um, I think the more the merrier with these teams, the more data that they can use and share off of the, the cars. So, yeah. And Sebastian, I have no clue where he'll go. Um, maybe a Ganassi car, maybe uh, Dragon Racing. I, I don't know. Uh, so it, it'll be interesting to see where, he, where they both end up for the 2020 season. So I guess that's it. All right, in the dirt racing world this week, uh, we got an announcement from Sam McGee Motorsports today announced that Zeb Wise will pilot the number 11, 14 wing sprint car full-time competition and chase a national points fund and rookie of the year honors with uh, Tony Stewart's all-star circuit of champions in 2020. The team's going to utilize Maxim chassis and Fisher racing engines during the 2020 all-star campaign. Sam McGee and Derek Miller will be turning the wrenches on the car for Mike and Kathy McGee. Zeb Wise will also compete in some events in the USAC Midget Series for Keith Coons Motorsports in 2020 as well, switching from the Clawson Marshall back ride he run for the last two years. So I find this one interesting. You know, Zeb teamed up with Clawson Marshall. They brought him along. He's a young kid. He's very talented. Um, kind of interesting to see him going wing racing, you know. I kind of figured he would go sprint car racing, but uh, apparently uh, they're going to try some wing racing and wish him nothing but the best next year, and maybe he'll contend for a championship because uh, he's very talented, and, and that number 11 car is a – is a competitive one on the circuit, so maybe they will have a great year next year. So we'll see what happens there. Also, uh, let's see here. Looking at my notes, folks, I'm sorry for a little dead air there. Um, the Lucas Oil Late Model Banquet was last weekend at Lucas Oil Stadium. They crowned Jonathan Davenport with his third series championship. Uh, in the top five in points for Jonathan Davenport, Tim McCready, Josh Richards, Tyler Erb, and Jimmy Owens. So they had their big shindig last weekend, handed out a bunch of money. And the USAC series, they crowned their champions last weekend as well. And Cody Swanson won the Silver Crown Championship. C.J. Leary won the Sprint Car Championship. And Tyler Courtney won the Midgets Championship. So I think all those guys will be back this year with USAC. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see a, a triple crown winner uh, again, like Tony Stewart. And I think J.J. Yelly won the triple crown. So hopefully we can get another guy like that back in there. And the Gateway Dirt Nationals started up this weekend, Thursday night, Friday night, be preliminary action, 
Saturday is the main events with 30,000 to win for late models and then 10,000 to win for both the midgets and the modifieds. That's crazy. Those are huge paying events for those two classes. You know, 30,000 to win for a super late model race is huge. Um, the late models qualified last night with Shannon Babb taking overall quick time out of 86 entries, which, I mean, I think that's a hell of a good car count for that dome show out there, uh, Gateway. I think that's great car count. Uh, it's probably more cars than what they had at the Dream in the World this year up at Eldora. Um, the midget feature last night was a doozy. I mean, I saw some highlights of this thing. And Thomas Meserol pulled off the win, passing Justin Grant, coming out of turn four to beat him to the line to pick up the $3,000 winner's purse. They were swapping leads, sliding each other the last three or four laps. It was incredible to watch. Um, I couldn't believe it. Uh, Blake Hahn rounded out the podium for the top uh, three last night in the midgets. And Ryan Newman finished 11th in the race, and Christopher Bell finished 15th. Uh, the Modifieds were also in action last night as well, with Levi Kissinger picking up the win, followed by Derek Losh and Josh Harris. All three are locked into Saturday night's A main event, paying 10000 to win. And going back to the midgets, Meserol, Grant, and Hahn are all locked into the feature for Saturday night as well. Um, I think that would be interesting. It's a little bit of a drive for me to get out there, but, uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm not big. It's a fifth mile track inside the dome. I don't know. I think it's a perfect track for midgets. Um, I think it's a little too small for late models and, and the modified. It's hard to pass, but, um. Hey, seem to get a good crowd out there. They're paying well. So good luck to all the teams out there. And we'll see what happens tonight and tomorrow night and see who comes away with some big paydays. Let's talk a little NASCAR racing, folks. All right. So this is the big one that got me this week. Um, Haley Diggin, which is... Brian Diggins' daughter, she's been running the K&N series the last couple years. She's won some races. Uh, she's really aggressive driver. Uh, but, yeah, I think she finished second in the championship last year in K&N West. Um, she'd been brought up by Toyota. But, shockingly, um, Ford announced that she is now her new their new development driver. And she'll be driving for the DGR Crosley Racing Team, uh, which announced last week that they are going from Toyota to Ford. And she's going to run the full-time ARCA Series ride uh, this this in 2020. It's a 20-race season. They race on dirt and pavement and, and road courses and super speedways. It's a really, really diverse series of racing. Um, she'll be riding... And that series in a number four Monster Energy Ford Fusion car. It looked pretty slick. I've seen some pictures of it. And she's also going to run some select IMSA Michelin pilot races. Um, and I think she'll be doing some testing for uh, 
the race in Daytona here in the next uh, couple weeks. Uh, so she'll be she'll be Ford's new development driver. Um, I know Ch- Chase Briscoe was kind of a development, highly sought for guy. He's still a Ford. But um, Haley, it'll be interesting to see how she does. Um, I know she's been in really good equipment because she was driving for Bill McNally uh, out there in the West Series, and he's always one of the cars to beat, one of the teams to beat for the championship out there. Um, DJR Crosley, they're still a fairly young team uh, switching to Ford here, so I'm kind of interested to see how she does. Um, she's a very aggressive driver. She has uh, turned a few people. She's made some enemies on the track, but uh, maybe she needs to do that to uh, to keep moving up. Um, but I, I definitely think the ARCA series is, is going to be a good fit for her uh, next year uh, with all the different types of venues that they go to and the short tracks that go to Salem and Toledo and some of those tracks. I mean... I really, really think that uh, that is a good place for her to go and to quote unquote develop uh, as a driver. So, yeah, uh, that 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 was a big one this week. Really didn't see uh, Toyota letting her go or letting her uh, <laughs> losing her. And, and that rolls right into my next little subject here is um, Toyota has spent thousands and hundreds and thousands and probably millions of dollars in the driver development bringing up all these young guys starting from down in the basement bringing them all the way up to the top and and they've let guys get away uh now a girl within with digging but you know toyota brought along joey logano and and he left and he you know he went to drive gibbs and then he got out of that ride, went to Ford uh, with Penske, which has turned out to be a great marriage for those two. And, uh, you know, Toyota brought Larson along, Kyle Larson, and until he got up to uh, NASCAR and and Chevy stole him away and Chip Ganassi, and, and he is, you know, that's just another driver that Toyota's let some fine young drivers uh, they they do all the development work, and then you got Ford and Chevy snagging them after Toyota does all the work with the development and stuff, which is kind of smart, kind of weird, but I don't know. I'm just I don't think Toyota's got enough teams in NASCAR to keep everybody they want, and they've got a debacle over at Joe Gibbs because they got Hamlin and Bush and. And they got Truex, which those three aren't going anywhere. But then you got Eric Jones, and they brought him all along and stuff once Kyle Busch saw him at Snowball a few years ago. And then you got Christopher Bell that's going to Cup this year, and he's going to be driving that 95 car. Uh, the, The big question I got is looking at 2021, is Bell going to jump ship and go to Hendrick Motorsports and drive a Chevy, possibly the number 48 car? Uh, I could see that happening. Being that Toyota has a track record of 
losing guys once they get to the top because they just don't have the rides available and the teams available to to put that young talent in. So I think having Bell at HMS would be crazy good because that would put him alongside Chase Elliott and, and William Byron and and uh, Alex Bowman. And, you know, I think Elliott, obviously Elliott and Byron are going to be two leaders of HMS. And then you bring in Bell and you got Bowman there that can win a race or two. That could be a really, really strong team. That that This is all speculation. Don't get me wrong. But I just kind of look ahead sometimes. And, you know, I know Eric only signed a year extension with Joe Gibbs for next year. Uh, so I could see him possibly leaving Joe Gibbs after next year. And Bell moving into that number 20 car on the Joe Gibbs racing side. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of a, I, I just don't understand why Toyota keeps on letting these young drivers uh, slip out of their hands. And, but I can understand kind of the problem that they got. They they got all these guys they're bringing up, but they just don't have the seats to fill. So they kind of brought it on themselves. Also, Lionel Racing, which does a ton of die-cast cars and stuff, they always release a top 10 die-cast sales uh, every year. And for 2019, got Mr. Chase Elliott took the top spot in die-cast sales this year uh, with his 2019 Napa paint scheme. And he actually took six out of the top 10 spots in sales. Um, number two on sales was Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s Darlington paint scheme. Uh, that was the... Hellman's mayonnaise blue yellow number eight. Uh, it's a pretty slick looking ride, but it's kind of amazing. Uh, Dale Jr. makes one start and one car for the whole season. He ends up being number two on sales in the, <laughs> in, uh, the die cast for Lionel Racing. Uh, Chase Elliott don't really surprise me being number one and having six out of top ten. I think last year he was... Five, six out of the top ten, and he was the top selling, I think, uh, especially after Junior retired. So I continue to uh, predict, I will predict that he'll continue to lead those categories for many more years to come as long as he's racing. Also got an uh, announcement, and this is a NHRA Pro Stock guy, uh, Tanner Gray. He is going to drive for DJR Crosley Ford uh, next year. Uh, in the truck series. He's going to drive a truck full-time for them. And uh, he's a former pro stock NHRA competitor. He's won some races over there, but he's kind of dipped his toes in the NASCAR waters. And I could see him, uh, he's a young guy. Uh, I could see him coming on and, and staying in NASCAR. I think, obviously, NASCAR, probably more money to be made and, and definitely more races and stuff. and uh, But it's kind of odd to see, you know, straight line guys come over to the oval side of things. But apparently he's got some interest in some NASCAR and thinks that's where he needs to be. So wish him nothing but the best of luck. I know he ran a couple oval races last year. I couldn't tell you who who he drove for or whatnot. But, uh, or what it was in ARCA or... or uh, 
trucks or I think it might have been a couple truck races, but yeah, um, wish him best of luck. Also, this is this was another cool story from uh, this past week. Uh, Dale Jr. Uh, went out with a bunch of buddies and friends and stuff. Uh, he went to North Wilkesboro Speedway in North Carolina and actually cleaned the tracks uh, track up. They de-weeded the track. Of course, it had weeds ro- growing up into the cracks of the uh, track surface, and they went out there with weed eaters and scrapers and whatnot and there's actually a picture it looked like a dumpster a dump truck load of weeds and and dirt and stuff that they pulled off that racing surface but dale jr wanted i racing uh to come down and scan that racetrack to uh possibly put it into production for the i racing uh guys to race on at north wilkesboro he uh jr is big on the nascar history and and uh, he he saw the importance and the significance of preserving uh, the data from North Wilkesboro Speedway. Um, I always thought it was a really really neat track. Uh, it's a shame that they they quit racing there. Uh, I think it's back in 1996 they raced their last race there. Uh, I think Rusty Wallace won the last race there. Uh, but yeah. Uh, Really cool that Junior got iRacing involved and, and got that done. Uh, I kind of wish they'd just start racing back there again. Uh, I know they run some late mile races uh, a few years ago there, some super late mile races. I know Chase Elliott won a, uh, a late mile race there at North Wilkesboro. So it, it'd be nice to see, uh, I think, the Smiths, Bruton Smith and them still own that place. It'd be kind of cool if they... Put a little money into it and see some, if if anything, some Saturday night local local track racing. You know, um, hate to see a place like that just grow up in the weeds when it's such a awesome racetrack and all the competitors like that place. Um, so yeah, I think it's cool. We'll see if I Racing comes out with it. I'm sure they will. Um, so for you I Racing fans and I Racing gurus, uh, you might be able to. Get on the track at North Worksboro and race like they did back in the old days. Also, uh, this is another cool one. I really liked it when I saw this one come out. The Bush Clash is back. So when I was a kid growing up, that pole winners preseason race, exhibition race uh, at Daytona in February was always called the Bush Clash. It's always the Bush Clash. Is I was so excited because that was the first race of the year for NASCAR. Uh, was the Bush Clash? Well, it's the first time since 1997 that it's going to be the Bush Clash again. Um, it was named the Bud Shootout, the Shootout, the I don't know what else it's been called, but it's had such a host of names after they uh, Bush. Uh, Anheuser Busch pulled out a sponsor in that uh, that race and stuff, so I'm really really glad to see that race is known as the Bush Clash again. They've already got some promotional stuff out about it. It's really cool, um, and that race will be on Sunday, February 9th at 3 p.m. Uh, I'm glad it should be a day race. Uh, I've always thought that 
Uh, they moved that race tonight and stuff, and it's, you know, it's not hard to drive at Daytona at night. Uh, when the sun's out, it makes the track slick, and they, they have to actually drive those race cars. So I'm glad it's back on a Sunday afternoon, and it was last year, uh, but it, it's going to be cool to see the Bush Clash back. Uh, I'm excited about that one. Also, I uh, know I talked about the next-gen car last week, and I did a little research and stuff, and the next test for the next-gen car will be scheduled in January. Don't have a date yet, but it'll be at Homestead Miami Speedway in January. No driver named, uh, no date set, but that is the word I'm getting is the next test for the next-gen car. And... They're also going to update the engine uh, to follow in the 2021 season as well. Don't know what all they mean by that. I mean, I know they've already went to fuel injection from the carbureted days a few years ago. They're running like mostly ethanol gases or however much racing fuel and ethanol blend they're running. So I really don't know what else they're going to do on the engine stuff. Uh, to me... I can see the car side of things going to, uh, um, you know, stock to kind of, you know, obviously to, to save some money and stuff. But, uh, man, when you talk into engine development and stuff like that, they're kind of talking, what I've heard is hybrid stuff. And to me, it, I think you can only go so far. I know they're trying to make hybrid cars and stuff like that, like, the standard and the new norm and all that. But uh, in my opinion, whenever Formula One come in with a hybrid air and a hybrid engine, that just really killed that sport because they sounded like turds going around the track. I mean, I, in Formula One, I want to hear a screaming V12 just rip-roaring down the racetrack. Uh, and they took that away. And now they got this battery system and this curves and energy gathering from the brake system and you know hybrid it's got a real small little four-cylinder combustion engine in it and and to me they've gotten it better they've gotten some more you know it's gotten a little bit louder and stuff but it's it's a whole new ball game i really hope nascar don't go down that route i really <laughs> I really don't want to see him do that. I, I, I think there's some areas that they should not touch. And, and I know it's, you know, win on Sunday, sell on Monday is the motto. But I think we're a ways away from that in NASCAR. And I hope we are. Because uh, when they get to really screwing with the motors and stuff and trying to make them hybrid and all that, uh to me, you're going to start losing a lot of fans and interest because, uh, I, I don't know, that's just, to me, it's not racing. It's not a true race engine, you know. Uh, I can see that the fact that they went to fuel injection, you know, that's run on a lot of series and stuff anyway. But, you know, them maybe going to something hybrid, I'm just not a big fan of that. Uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens there. I'm sure we'll hear more as the year goes on as to what they're planning for the engine side of things. But 
that will definitely be interesting. Uh, and this one, after last week, uh, Copern announced last week that he was going to be uh, retiring from uh, racing and stuff. And the crew chief, Joe Gibbs, announced this week that James Small is going to be the crew chief for Martin Truex Jr. Uh, he's a 36-year-old Australian native. Uh, he's been the lead engineer on the team the past three seasons. And that goes back into whenever it was Furniture Row Racing, the 78 out in Colorado. So he's been with the team for a few years. And from what I've heard, he was the unanimous pick by JGR. Uh, Cole Pern wanted him to be the crew chief. Uh, uh, Gibbs, Truex, uh, everybody that was involved in that decision, uh, they said James Small is the guy um, to be in that spot. So... Uh, wish him nothing but the best for uh, the upcoming season, and we'll have to see how uh, how him and uh, Truex uh, pair up on, out there on the racetrack. Uh, it, it is a great combo with Pern and Truex, and we'll just see if uh, James Small and Truex can uh, duplicate that same magic that uh, that they had. So, yeah, I think that's about it for NASCAR. Well, that's it for uh, this week's show, folks. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. I know it probably wasn't as long as last week's, but some weeks you're going to have a little more news, and some weeks you're not. Um, yeah, I, I think once race season gets going, uh, hopefully I'll have a consistent 45-minute to an hour-long show. Um, I don't want to go too much farther than that time-wise. I'm hoping to get an interview or two in here soon to the podcast. That'd be really neat. I think uh, a little 10-minute, 15-minute interview to add to the podcast, I think would be really good. Um, I want to thank some of my listeners. Um, and I'm going to run this by you all. I, I was thinking about this and talked to a couple buddies of mine. But I think instead of doing a Friday release on these podcasts, once January comes around, February, I think I might switch it to a Tuesday release on the podcast. That way I can give you all the latest results from that previous weekend's races uh, through all the series. I'll give it to you all, all the information that you need so you can keep up with all the different sports without really having to watch it. Um so I, I think I'm going to do that. Uh, I'll, I'll be glad to get any feedback back, uh, from anybody here. Uh, if you're listening to this and you know me personally, uh, text my number. Uh, if you're listening to this and you don't know me personally, uh, you can email me at big underscore dave94 at yahoo.com. I'll take any kind of feedback you got. Uh, this is still new. It's still work in progress. I'm still working on editing stuff and trying to get the hang of these podcasts. So I know it's a little rough starting off here, folks, but hopefully uh, give me some time and I'll have a lot better smooth running podcast show uh, because I really feel like it's important that you all get your, your racing news all from one source, not having to list the multiple channels for Formula One, for NASCAR, for IndyCar, all that. I want to bring it all to you on one channel. Um, so 
again, thank you all. Any feedback, let me know. Please let your friends know about this podcast. Um, this past podcast was left uh, was published on six different platforms. It's on Spotify, Google Podcast, um, not iTunes yet. I'm working on getting them on iTunes for the Apple Podcast. But pass the word along. Big Dave's Racing Podcast show right now, every Friday, soon, probably be every Tuesday, depending on the feedback I get from you all. Um, I appreciate it. I hope you all have a good week, and I'll be talking to you next week. Have a good one.